right, hey, welcome to the Frankenseds podcast. It's Bobby. And this is Jared. We are here in the coronavirus edition of our of our yeah. show. It's a uh, man, yeah. what a crazy time we're in, huh? Crazy time we're in and uh this was all brewing uh, last week when we met here online, Bobby and I. We're ready. We're really ready to talk about it. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad we, I'm kind of glad we didn't then because uh we needed to we need to live it out a little bit to really uh think about it and uh understand uh what's really going on and, and get some of our thoughts and feelings lined up, you know, and 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 gain some facts, you know. Yeah. You know, um it was very it's very interesting to kind of see how this whole thing's played out. You know what I mean? Like in regards to watching um social media, watching how people have responded, different people responding with um, oh my gosh, yeah. like this is crazy, this is the end, and then other people yeah. going like, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And, you know, we've talked about it several times in our in our show about the idea of um the the impact of false and fake news, um, the idea of um people not believing certain things and the and buying into the um I don't know, the, the false information that's out there. I kind of feel like a lot of that has played into why people had a hard time believing this is going to be a big deal. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think I think that's probably true. There, there is a bit of uh, skepticism there. Yeah, I mean, like, because when you when you think about it, you know, everybody's hearing a doomsday report. You know what I mean? Like, there's always something bad happening. There's always a reason for us to be well, worried. Yeah, and for those of us who are old enough to remember, uh, you know, Y two K and you know, uh, the Mayan calendar, oh, <laughs> you, you name it, you name it. Uh, there've been plenty of things, but also some real stuff too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this, uh, level of fear, I don't think I've seen personally since the, um, since the months following, uh, 9-11. Oh yeah. It, it, I think it's comparable to that. Um, I, it's not the same type of fear. It's not the same type of reaction, but it is. It it has changed. Uh, it has changed the way people interact. It's changed the way people look at life. And I I do remember probably the last time that really happened was you know just after September 11th. You know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I remember that uh, people didn't want to go out. People didn't want to shop. Um, people knew that family, uh, was the most important thing. Um, you know, people uh, didn't want to travel, you know? And so we were sort of on a kind of a, a voluntary lockdown, not knowing where the next terrorist attack was going to come from, mm-hmm. you know? And, and this, uh, this sort of reminds me of that, you know? Um, but the, the enemy this time is not terrorism. The enemy is, uh, you know, is disease. Right. Yeah, and I think that um, you know, it's been one of those. It's been one of those things to kind of watch and just kind of say, okay, what are we? How are we responding? Um, not not saying like government level, like that's a whole other deal, right? But but how right. how are we as individuals responding? And and that's what we want to focus our episode on today. Um, yeah, I think that you know this has been a shakeup. It has been a, a situation where, like you said, you've seen people kind of realizing that family. Uh, community there's something about this it's like we we need to be um making sure we're t- we're taken care of but you're also seeing people who are saying um look 
it's every man for himself right now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, but yeah. it's crazy because the the time to get doomsday prepper is not when something's happening. <laughs> you know? The time is well before, you know? Right. Right. I mean, you know, Noah worked on the ark for 120 years before the flood came. It's not yeah. like we just started it when it started raining, you know? Right. Right. So I, I mean, to the people who are crazy now, I'm like, guys, if this is how you get, take note of this, because this isn't the last time that you're going to face some kind of disaster or some kind of, you know, problem. You know, we listen, you name it. The world's got it for you. We got hurricanes. We got wars. We got everything that can happen. Right. Yeah. We got other diseases. Any any other disease could happen at any time. I mean, this could happen again next year with a different virus, you know, uh, you know, but the time if you know that you get that way, if you know that you're the kind of person who wants to uh, make a run on the gas station and take seven <laughs> gas cans and fill them up. If you're that guy who has to go out and buy like three generators at Home Depot, you know, yeah. the, the night before the disaster or the day of the disaster or even the week after. It's like if you know you're that guy, just do us all a favor and just pick a nice summer when nothing's happening and do all your doomsday prepping then, you know? Yeah. Put in a strangely large order of toilet paper, you know, mm -hmm. in the, in just some random July, you mm -hmm. know, put that in your basement, you know, hermetically seal it. I don't know. Create, create your chamber, create your panic room. Mm -hmm. And then you won't have to run out and like elbow people in the mouth at Sam's club. Right. You know, just because, uh, you know, there, there's a, there's a disease going around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, they're in, yeah, I think that there's there's definitely great wisdom in, in preparing uh, ahead of time, you know, um, and there's biblical precedent for that as well, you know, um, making sure that we're we're saving and, and keeping things. Well, and, and... I'm not saying like live in fear, but if you're that kind of person who fear motivates you to behave this way, learn that about yourself and then do us all a favor, you know, do us all a favor and just uh, prepare a little bit gradually. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah. well ahead of time, you know, and maybe that can stop you from robbing resources from someone else, you know? Yeah. Just saying, I'm just saying, okay, no. you know, I, I don't know what I would do, you know, if I was stuck in a situation like Hurricane Katrina, you know, I'm not sure what I would do, you know, if I would be that guy, you know, uh, moving to the front of the line to get on the bus and leave everybody. I, I don't know if I'm that selfish. Yeah. I've never really been in that situation that I know of, but. Yeah. I I do know this. Calm goes a long way. Yeah. Well, and, you know, obviously, you know, when we look at the scriptures, it's like it's very clear that, that we're supposed to remain calm, you know, or yeah. or seek the one who's going to bring the, the calmness, you know, um, right. like the, you know, the whole story of the disciples in the boat, the storm is raging, you know, the, the waves are crashing and Jesus is asleep. And they're like, hey, yeah. hey what are you doing? Like, wake up. You know, it's like. Can you bring a good point? Because the trouble is going to come. I mean, if you read the Bible, you understand the trouble is going to come. It's it's okay to prepare with a certain idea that the trouble is going to come. You mm -hmm. know, uh, but I, I, like I'm I'm reading now Kings, you know, and I'm reading about the the drought over the land. Mm -hmm. You know, and King Ahab is told that it's not <laughs> going to rain 
until I say it's going to rain by Elijah, you know? Right. And I mean, it got so dry that even Elijah ran out of water, you know, and mm-hmm. God told him to move. I have another place where there's water go there, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, even the Bible tells us like this bad stuff is going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be famine. There's going to be flood. There's going to be plague. Yeah. But it's all about preparation. It's all about being wise. And it's all about yeah, preparation. But- not that not that anyone in Elijah's world was was prepared. I mean, you know, God provided for Elijah, and then He sent him to a widow that had nothing, and He provided for them. Right. Yeah, and I think that the 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 clarity comes though in in preparation when you have enough for yourself, but you're also realizing that um, it's not only about you; that it's other people too. Um, and we have a responsibility to care for everybody around us. Right. It's not just about us, and I think that that. That's the bigger picture. I think that that we, I feel like a lot of people have forgotten is that right. um, that yes, we're being told to practice social uh, social distancing. Is that what it's called, right? Um, social distancing. Yeah, I think that's the right Wait, term. People are joking, like, "Hey, I've been social distancing for years, and I want to make that joke, but it kind of hurts because I know that I'm actually the person you get <laughs> social distance from." You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, right? Like. Uh, I'm used to people smiling, nodding, and backing away slowly. <laughs> I mean, I mean that could be a reality. But what I'm saying, though, yeah. right, the social distancing aspect of things, is that when we're being told that, I think instantly becomes a, a, a selfish piece for us. It's like, okay, well, I have to be social distancing, so that means that I need to take care of myself, I need to get mine, and then everybody yeah. else, hopefully you're okay. And we forget that we are all in this together, and in we right. need to be remembering that there are people who are in need around us who are going to need us to really be supportive and encouraging to them. Um, we we can we can practice preparation, um, but not so much so that, um, like you said, creates hardship on others. Um, right. That's the idea. Is if I if I am doing it, there's a time and a place to stock up, and if I'm doing it at a time where it robs other people of those resources, I'm wrong. Right. I'm wrong. And so you talk about like community minded, you can, you can, you can social distance, but I hope not community distance. Right. Yeah. Because community is still there. We're all tied to each other. You know, even though I didn't meet with my church Sunday, I'm still a part of my church. Even though my school where I teach wasn't open this week, I'm still very much a part of those students and those teachers lives. You know, there's this community minded idea that we have to hang on to and if you're trying to take resources from other people in your town just to get them for you for your own security like at least i'll be okay wow you're missing it right you've forgotten how much you really depend upon this community you know yeah and right so you you can social distancing is about let's not be in a proximity where we could share the virus Right. Let's not be a place where like I can cough on you and you can cough on me. Correct. Like, but but at the same time, be at a good distance. So I, where I we hope can we're still not talk creating a psychological distance. That's yeah. What I'm right. Yeah. And which, which turns into like community separation. Yeah. And I think that's that's another aspect of things too that we're I think maybe we're going to be missing or it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out after this is kind of cleared out. Is what kind of psychological. Um, dilemma how we created um what kind of you know where people are going to walk out and there be and once somebody coughs are they going to be afraid 
Um, once there's a, you know, once somebody has the flu, like, okay, I'm not going anywhere around you for like a month, you know, but it's like, dude, it's just going to be 24 hours, you know, um, you know, or, or I mean, however long a flu might last. It's like, you know, somebody it's like, it's going to be a PTSD moment, right? Where people are going to be constantly wondering who's carrying what and the risk that we're facing too as a late and I'm not going to turn this crazy political, but I am going to tell, I am going to say that we need to be wise too on the language that we're using around this virus. Um, you know, I'm sure that you've heard, you know, Trump using the terminology of, um, the Chinese virus and, you know, yes, yes. And, um, (laughs) I did hear about that. Yeah. That's, I, I wondered if we would get into that, that side of it, but keep going. Yeah. I kind of want to touch on that just a little, because, because it is going to affect our, our response to our neighbor, right? Because again, when the lawyer asked Jesus, who was our neighbor, he brings up like, okay, who's being the good neighbor? Well, Samaritan is right. The one who's supposed to be unclean, the one who's not supposed to be the right one, the one who's not supposed to be caring for or being a part of things like that like breaking a bunch of rules and caring for the jewish man like there's a lot of stuff there and i think that what happens for us is when we start buying into this terminology of the chinese virus mentally we start thinking okay and we and we did and we did notice from the beginning from this beginning is that okay so then it's a chinese virus anyone who's chinese or asian because I mean, let's face it, many people can't tell the difference, right? Because they'll say, oh, you're Chinese. No, I'm South Korean. Or no, I'm, you know, it's like they just automatically, you're Chinese. And it's like, which is already wrong in the first place. But yes. but people who, you know, take don't take the opportunity to learn culture or learn where people are ethnicities, then all of a sudden it's just they lump them into this. And now once they see somebody of an Asian descent, it's, oh, not going near them. Yeah, and there were there was a, a few news stories uh, about violence done uh, against Asian people in America and actually worldwide, and uh, it's real troubling. I haven't seen like what the stats are on that, but there's some really credible news sources reporting it today, and mm. uh, that's unfortunate. I I'd like to recommend uh, another podcast to our listeners uh, yeah. if they really want to take the time to see how sometime when uh, it, there's a podcast called Code Switch, and mm. uh, it's it's wonderful. It's an NPR podcast. Have you ever listened to it, Bobby? I have not. Okay, so Code Switch is uh, you know one thing that I like to study because I just want to get to the truth of it is just race in America. You know, we've talked about racism in America and the mm-hmm. history of you know racist ideas, and uh, Code Switch is a great uh, podcast for that. Um, two reporters, uh, NPR reporters, um, they kind of come at you sort of almost like a, a this American lifestyle and they'll, they'll pick something and report on it um, each week. And it's really eye opening. Well, a recent one is called when fear of the coronavirus turns into racism and xenophobia. Ooh. And uh, you can still find that episode. Um, it's pretty recent. I think maybe only a couple of weeks old and they're talking about the history of, you know, people tying a, a disease to a race, you know, some of the examples they gave were, um, you know, just, uh, Irish people, waves of Irish immigrants were thought to be bringing in certain diseases, waves of Italians were thought to be bringing in certain diseases, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, this is not the first time that a disease has been tied to, um, you know, like Asian nationalities, you know, and they really, yeah, they really do a good job uh, uh, of discussing that and and showing how this sort of like this fear that uh, a group of people 
that in your racism, you can be afraid that this entire group of people is diseased. Hmm. And we have a little bit of that going on now, but I would yeah. just like to, I don't know. I just like to put a little link or something to that uh, code. I'd, I'd love it if everybody who enjoys this podcast would just jump on code switch because yeah. um, it, it really goes hand in hand. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and write that down for our show notes. Cause that will um, definitely go into our show notes so people can check that out. So code. Yeah, switch. I'll, send you, I'll send you a link to it. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll send you a link to the page and then that, that page will send you to other stuff, but not that NPR needs my help, right. but I just feel like this is going to tackle this issue um, <laughs> of people be having this weird, what seems like a weird prejudice towards someone that they think looks Asian, yeah. you know, um, must be responsible for coronavirus. Yeah, it's it's weird, but it's also happened again and again and again and again. And it's the kind of thing that we should know better by now. Yeah, and somehow we still don't. Yeah. Well, and and I think it's because we're constantly all we always want to know how things started, right? And we always want to know yeah, who, who brought that in, right? And I mean, not to be too crude, but right. to think of our childhood, um, and someone passes gas, right? What are they going to say? Right. Like they're going to try to track down who did this, right? Who did it? And then of course, who smelt who, it, dealt it. Everybody knows that. Yeah, whoever whoever smelt it, dealt it, right? That's that is right. the, that is the the terminology that we all and so it's like. Even from childhood, right? And I apologize for anybody who got grossed out by that. But but the reality is, even from childhood, we're always trying to figure out how, who who to blame for something that causes discomfort, right? I guess that's true, yeah. And so we get into this moment of we want to find out who we can blame, and and so if we can't find the actual person or persons that the that the virus began in. Then okay. we're going to go ahead and lump into a, a certain people group because that's the, that's the next best thing for us. And so now we're going to go ahead and attack a people group and say they're the ones that caused it. They're the issue. And now you can go ahead and go political and say, well, China China started it by saying that the United States unleashed it on them. Um, and okay, you know if that's a, a conspiracy theory that you want to you want to dive into or whatever, you can. Um, there is no real evidence that China ever really said that. Um, I've been trying. No, I've been trying to try. Know anything about this? Yeah. It, I mean, it took us forty years to even understand where uh, like AIDS might have come from. Yeah, I've been trying to track down where China blamed the United States. I have not been able to find that. If somebody can point that to me, I would love it. But I have not been able to find it. Yeah, nobody's gonna know. I yeah. mean, vir- listen, guys, viruses happen. Right, and so, but Trump has been saying, you know, our, our president and others, not just Trump, other leaders have said, um, mainly on the Republican side, have said um, that it has been a Chinese virus. They're the ones that started it, and, yeah. and they call it the Wuhan virus. Oh my gosh! Because for some reason, instead of saying, "Hey, it's the coronavirus or COVID nineteen," how about you just stick to those typical names and people just go right. and stay there? Because now you have created attention and. Yeah, it may have started in China. Okay, whatever. But you don't have to bring in that people group because now, like you said, it has created a xenophobic, um, prejudice, racist response where people are instantly wanting to attack. And we have yeah. seen Asian Americans who have been f- feeling like they're under attack or being scrutinized because of their either um, 
you know, their their culture, their race, whatever, and now they feel like, well, you know, because of it being labeled as the Chinese virus, we are now being labeled and we are now being scrutinized. We are now being pushed out. We are now being judged. And this, again, goes into how do we love our neighbor well? Um, Because the problem is once we start buying into this racist or prejudice or fear toward a people group, we no longer can love our neighbor the way that we want to be loved. Because Actually, that's not love, man. There's nothing. There's nothing loving about fear or racism or prejudice. Not at all. And so we have to remember that once we start separating, judging, looking at people in a different way because of the color of their skin, um, or the or you know where they might be, or what kind of culture they live, or what ethnicity they carry. Once we start placing them into a bubble, we are no longer loving them the way that we're supposed to love them. And right. So we have to be wise on what kind of rhetoric we're buying into in regards to this virus. Um, we yeah, we be... absolutely do. And I, I, I appreciate you, you know, calling out the president a little bit. Um, I, I hadn't really uh, been following the news as closely as I should, and I hadn't heard those comments. But I, now I understand what a friend of mine's referring to. I just want to submit some evidence to you uh, about this, uh, you know, uh, prejudice against you know people who appear to be uh, of asian descent uh because people like me you know white looking people who are in the majority always think that you know th- this sort of prejudice like ah, we're like ah that's not happening that's in someone's imagination you know mm-hmm. um but my friend uh who's a pastor uh he's a retired pastor uh but his his uh child adult child is is chinese um they adopted a, a child from China years ago. This person's an adult now. I'm trying to be very cryptic here. But anyway, yeah. I will read to you what, what he wrote. Uh, this this uh, retired pastor wrote uh, five hours ago, the sweetest man. And he says, many of my friends say they have never seen me angry. Well, this crap makes me furious. And it's being put out there by leaders we are supposed to respect. Just plain ignorance. If you're part of this, please unfriend me now. And he um, – Linked an article to people.com, racist attacks against Asians continue to rise as coronavirus threat grows. And there's some gruesome pictures with it because of the oh. violence done. And um, that right there, I, I like, I get it. I get what he's talking about. And I get his connection to it uh, because he, you know, he had raised a, a child, um, his child, you know, uh, adopted from China. So I think he's probably thinking about you know, prejudice against members of his own family, you know? Yeah, man, that's sad. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that bothers me tremendously. And if it doesn't bother you or, I mean, not you personally, but the listener, if, if you claim to be a follower of Christ and that doesn't bother you, um, you need to check your heart on that. Um, you need to check your, you need need to check your understanding of the gospel a little bit more too, because, because violence towards anybody um, is not okay. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like I mean, like you know, it always gets. This always gets rationalized though as well. This is just a few people. This is just a few bad people doing some bad things. You can't blame us all. Well, here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. We are part of a racist system that are, that causes this. Mm. We play into it, and it's in, it's in the fabric of our culture, mm-hmm. and we've got to get it out. And as long as we're saying, well, there's just a few bad apples, we never will. Yeah. Well, in in the in the next step again is to say, okay, well, this is where people started going. Well, I'm not like that. 
you know, I like I'm at least I'm not beating people up. I might turn, yeah, I might sure. go ahead and walk across the street when I see somebody who's Asian, um, or well, I might. You're start... not beating people up, but it's like you sort of carry that fear that lets that stuff go on, and you carry that complacency that says, "Well, you know what? I'm not Asian. I'm white. I guess nothing bad's going to happen to me. Nobody's yeah. going to beat me up." Yeah, or or you hold the thing of. Well, the virus did start in China. It's perfectly fine to call it the Chinese virus. <laughs> you know, like well, no. you're racist. So yeah, sorry, yeah. I, there's no way around that one. You're racist if you said that. <laughs> and, and there are people who are who are definitely saying that, and people right. who who are followers of Christ, who I know, you know, who I'm not doubting that they're not followers of Christ. I'm just saying that there are things um, that they are saying that was like, well, come on now, check your understanding of the gospel because. You are instantly separating people. And that means, again, going back to you are not loving your neighbor well. And I feel like this is a common topic that we're coming back to in our in our podcast. It's almost like we should have named ourselves the Love Your Neighbor podcast because all we do, I mean, everything that we talk about points to loving your neighbor. And I wonder if it's because that is the second greatest commandment, right? The um, commandment. And we, we, we have barely any chance of... Uh, succeeding in the first greatest commandment. So we'll shoot for the second one on this podcast. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things loving where we God with your whole heart. The greatest commandment: loving God with your whole, with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind. That's the goal. That's the goal of humanity. But darn if I know where to start. <laughs> so well, it, at least we. At least we could talk about love your neighbor. That one I could sort of start somewhere. Yeah, so. well, because love your neighbor. Well, he says it's, it's um, the second is just like number one. Which right. is love your neighbors, you love yourself, and so maybe that is where you start. That is exactly how you start loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. When you love your neighbors, you love yourself, because when you're loving your neighbors, you love yourself. That means yourself, you're sacrificing yourself a little bit more because you realize that if you want to be cared for, if you want to be loved, if you want to be, then you are going to sacrifice to love others because you want them to sacrifice to love you back. And yeah. so because of that, now you are. Loving your God as with all your heart, soul, mind. And what you're saying is is biblical because I mean Jesus said that like you know when you've done it for the least of these you've done it to me. So exactly and that was that was naked people, prisoners, sick people, hungry people. Exactly. And so so now we go into the idea of what are ways besides. So now let's get out of this racist aspect of things and realize that you know. That's something that we have to be able to fight against. Um, and again, Christians listening, if you're listening and you're a Christian, um, this this idea cannot be flowing from our mouths in any way, shape, or form. And we got to really fix that if it is, um, because that's never, never okay um, for us to to separate people or to judge people or to do things like that. Because that's not that's not at all who Christ called us to be. Um, okay. But now, a more tangible way of loving our neighbor let's let's talk about that because now it's um you know we can go ahead and say like you know listening to you know like social distancing is a way of loving our neighbor we can say that you know cancel out the racism is a way of loving our neighbor um but now like to really jump into what does it mean to live in community during this time um yeah because we know historically when plagues were were hitting communities while medical professionals were leaving, while other people were leaving the towns, you would see Christians actually running into towns to serve those who were who were going to be left behind, because they had a duty, um, a, a call from Christ, to care for the oppressed, to care for the least, to care for the broken, and they and they and they they sold out to that 
um, many. Yeah. And so it's historically documented. You could read in writings from Josephus and others that would show you that that's what you saw. Um, so during this time, even though like to honor the call from the government, because we do respect our leaders and that to say social dis distancing, um, don't have groups of more than 10, you know, honoring that. Um, but how do we really continue to love our neighbor well and serve in such a way that honors community, honors our God, and at the same time, honoring the leadership? Because the leader, this is where people would say, well, the leaders can't tell me not to go to church. Well, no, but at the same time, they, they might be able to tell you not to gather in, in a church setting. Um, okay. But the reality of it is, is that just because they tell you not to gather in your church building doesn't mean they, they, they're telling you to stop being the church. Because no, the church is everywhere, man. Because you know, the church is people, we right? None of these buildings, we could still be the church. Exactly. And so, so what does that mean? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and throw out a couple of things, and if you and if you have some things, go ahead and shoot them out. But um, the first okay. thing, first thing first, in your in your little group of community, like where you're at, look around the houses. If you look out the window and you see houses. Or if you're in the woods and you're driving, if you're distanced into your, into your place, but you drive by other houses coming in, you know where the older folk are. <laughs> you know where, oh, yeah. you know where people are who are older, who either are now living in fear, trying to figure out whether or not they should go to the grocery store. Um, if you are of good health, you are young, um, and you can get to a grocery store and you can get this stuff bought and brought to them without having to worry about, um, too much anyway of contracting the, the the virus or being hit hard by the virus um take like feel free to risk that i think a little bit right this is where i think it's us running into the plague again again as christians are saying okay if i can help my neighbor who's elderly from not contracting the, the virus not getting it and then um possibly passing away if i can help save their life or help save them from getting sick then I'm going to do it. And if I can go out and shop for them, buy a few things that they might need or, or whatever, and get it back to them, I'm going to do that. So so if you can, if you know of an elderly person, leave them a note, um, give them a phone call, let them know that you're available, um, and, and go out and do that for them. That's one way of doing that. Um, another thing is, you know, what's what's interesting is, um, and, and I'm going to say this in a way that I'm um, trying not to be too harsh. Um, okay. But what happens in this moment, again, is that we were talking about hoarding the stuff. Um, you know, we'll know people who, who will post things or say things like, man, I'm looking for toilet paper. I'm looking for hand sanitizer. I'm looking for baby wipes. I'm looking for diapers. If you have items, if you have a lot of items, right? If you realize yeah. that you have at least two weeks worth of stuff, you can spare a few things because because yes. the, the reality of it is is that things are not going to be, be become obsolete. You're not going to never be able to find toilet paper again. Um, so offer up a couple rolls. You know what I mean? Like like if well, if, well if, hey, listen, hey, you know I've said it on this podcast before, but um, you know early Christians uh, used to say. That if you have two coats, you've stolen one. Yes. Yeah. That's strong. And, and so if you have 50 rolls of toilet paper, you've stolen 24, <laughs> right? I don't I don't know you what the math would be. Like, what are you 
wonder what the number is going to be. <laughs> you know, uh, oh man, I grew up, well, let's say when I was a young man, I was around a lot of military survival guys, mm-hmm. retired Navy. Here's, here's who was in my group, my church group at the base church. Yeah. A retired Navy officer, a, <laughs> a retired Marine, and a uh, chaplain who was a current chaplain. He was a colonel. Uh, but he had been to, of his own volition, like winter survival school, you know, military winter survival school. He'd been to everything, you know, just because he wanted to be like hardcore chaplain and be able to survive anything out there with the guys. And these guys always had some way where you could use little to no toilet paper if you had to. One of them had a really funny way that uh, of using one sheet of toilet paper at a time, which I'll have to demonstrate for you later. It's terrifying. <laughs> I think um, I've seen it. <laughs> you think I've seen it. Yeah, and it's a joke. But, man, these guys really taught me some of the ways, like, no, you don't need much. And, in fact, the, na- the Navy officer would get after us for uh, spending too long in the shower when we were camping. Like, if we were on a ski trip, he's like, there's enough hot water for everybody if you take a Navy shower, you know. And to show you what these guys were all about. So this, this is a lesson. You should listen. Um, think about it, right? It's like if there are 20 people. On a, on a church ski trip, right? And only two of them get a hot shower. Something is wrong in our Christian community, right? Right. All of them get a hot shower. So the sermon he gave us was this. Take a Navy shower. Do you know what a Navy shower is, Bobby? I do not. Okay. You turn on the water. Okay? You get wet. You turn the water off. You soap up while the water is not on. Okay? Get soap in every crevice of your body. Turn the water on. Rinse the soap off. Turn the water off. Do you see the process? Yeah. It's called a Navy shower because you have to do this on a ship because you're eventually going to run out of fresh water on a ship, right? Okay. So you have to do the tiniest little bit of like rinsing and washing. It's not comfortable. Nobody's saying you're going to be happy with your life. If you're the kind of pretty, pretty princess that needs to like take you know a long, hot shower to get through the day, okay, you need to give that up. Because for the good of the community, we could all, all 20 of us, could have a little bit of hot water and be clean if we take a Navy shower. <laughs> and when I say pretty, pretty princess, I'm talking about these are like 20 dudes, okay? Right, right. There's always this one guy that's got to have his shower. He just it says, I've got to have my shower, right? He, we had a guy that brought his own shower head because he's got to have his shower. He would take the shower head off and put on his own. Whoa. To take I know, I know, and I should. It was unfair. It was. It's unfair of me right now to call that man a princess because I, I should make it. I should make the gender female. That's something basically only a boy would insist upon doing. Yeah, yeah. I think, but no, you're right though. Like we, we got to. That's my story of. Listen, if we could all have, if twenty of us could buy navy showers, have enough hot water that we could all get clean on our ski trip. And we've got enough toilet paper. We've got enough food. You know, the entire world actually has enough resources for all 7.5 billion people. Many of us are afraid that it doesn't, so we hoard. And that includes financial hoarding, too. We hoard money. But there really is enough for everybody. Yeah. No, you're right. God, think... has, God has given up enough. And if we were better at sharing it, <clears throat> it would be okay for everybody. Right. And I think that's the, I think, but that's the thing, like the fear of not having enough. Um, it kind of goes back to the, the Israelites in the desert, right? The manna coming down. Yeah. It's like, you can't save any. 
uh, and then when they tried, it would have maggots and stuff all over it. It's like, no, because I provide yeah. for you daily. You don't need to hold on to stuff. I'm going to provide what needs what's needed. And I think that when we look at when we look at what we're having is is that yeah, you know what? It's okay to have what you need, but don't be so afraid to help your neighbor or lose items that you're not willing to help your neighbor, right? We have to be willing to, to just give up a little bit. So, so yeah, so yeah. Be, be aware of those things. Um, and then thirdly, um, I want to kind of lift up the this whole thing of um, we see right now that a lot of small businesses are being shut down, right? Um, a lot yeah, of, well, I mean, a lot of business. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm just, re- you know, I think churches, help us get tied to our communities in some wonderful ways. And one of those wonderful ways is we, we meet all the business owners, you know, and we see like the real person behind every storefront, you know? Yeah. And it hurts to see many of them having to shut down this week. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a reality that everywhere's facing when you're seeing bars and restaurants and everything else and waiters who are losing their jobs or um, servers are losing their jobs, even, you know, and even teachers, right? Like um, teachers are, are, are out of work um, technically, you know, I mean, they're, they're still working, but they're out of work. Um, but they're also, some of them have other jobs that they have to do. You know, I know some teachers who, who after they teach that they go and work in um, like restaurants and they work in, you know, they do things like that. Well, oh, this is true. Yeah. like they're, they're losing those things. Why? Because of what's going on. So for us, again, a good way to love our neighbor is to support local businesses. We want to go to yeah. Amazon right away because why? Amazon will provide what we need. We'll go to we'll go to places like that. We'll go to um, fast food restaurants because why? They're they're fast food restaurants. But we also got to realize that these local businesses that when they lose this kind of business, when they lose the ability to be open, that this could possibly mean yeah. the end of them. Um, yeah. And if it's not the end of the business itself, perhaps like, you know, the owner of the business maybe has some kind of savings, but, uh, the workers are almost certainly not. I mean, they're, you know, if you're paycheck to paycheck, that means in two weeks you're out of money. Yeah. So again, this is where Christians, I think that we have a role to play in this. We really yeah. do. I mean, it's because again, it's a sign of loving our neighbor to go and care for those servers that might be out of of jobs and so or out of work. And so if you know a server that's losing their position, reach yeah. out to them. Ask them if they need some help with food. Ask them if they need help with some, you know, finances. Ask them if they need help with um with grocery shopping because the reality is they are losing that. And I know that yeah, we're getting a, we're supposed to be getting a stimulus check or whatever and and I know that there are ways for them to get money through different ways to sign up for things. Are we but, gonna get some socialism? Um, it's gonna be supposedly, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Don't call it socialism; it's just a stimulus one-time thing, so it's not socialism. That's, that's okay. I that's, won't call it socialism, but I will say this: it's very Bernie Sanders. What's it, happening? It's a very, it's a very Yang Gang um, situation. Um, if it you, is. That's, uh, that's, oh, can we get him back? Oh, dude, I wish. I really like Andrew Yang, but um, but this is a this is a very Yang Gang situation where he said, "Hey, I'm gonna get a thousand dollars out there, buddy." And Trump's like, "Hey, that's a great idea. We're gonna get a thousand dollars out there, everybody." Um, so, um, but then of course Jeff Bezos jumps in. It's gonna be a thousand dollar Amazon gift card. So that's that's what we're getting. But um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's true. But, dude, I would take it. <laughs> I would take it in lieu of cash. But if they said, "Listen," you know, we've we've looked at your situation and we think that probably all we can do for you is a thousand dollar Amazon gift card. Um, 
like I. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll take that. That's fine. But I, I mean that that works for me. Um, but no, the, so but the thing is, like, we don't know when that money is going to start coming in. You know, they say right. they have an idea when that's going to happen, but that still leaves some space where some of these yeah. people are like, "How are we going to pay rent? Our landlords are the landlords going to forgive?" But even landlords have electricity bills that they're going to have to pay. They have things I, that they have to pay. So, you know, I mean, if you're a landlord, man, be, take a rain check if you can. But yeah, they got to pay. They got to pay bills. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm just saying you're right. It's like you know. We don't know when that money's going to come. There's going to be a gap there before all that gets gets flowing. Mm-hmm. And you know, as Christians, we should never say, "Listen, we're going to wait and see what the government does first. Right? <laughs> you know, right? I mean, that sounds like anarchy, but that is traditionally why governments have not trusted Christians is because you know we do sort of act on our own in weird ways that seem counterintuitive. You right. know. Right. Um, and sharing your resources with someone else, even though they might get a government stimulus check in two months, that's counterintuitive. But I think we need to do it. You know, yeah, and you're right. Like, people need groceries like next week. Yeah, and so so with that, reach out, ask. Um, you know, we our primary audience is in North Central West Virginia, right? Because that's where we're located, um, and so we have a lot of our friends who listen. Um, but of course, we have people all over the place who listen. So. Wherever you are, find your local businesses. I'm going to bring up um, two local biz- local restaurants um, in Elkins, West Virginia, that I feel like could use some assistance in this time. Um, okay. Because I've already thought of a couple. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot out some information here for people, and I'm gonna put this actually. I'm gonna try to put some information in our show notes. And there's something else I want to ask you too, Jared, that I have not had a chance to ask you. I might ask you over the podcast because why not? Um, I'm gonna be that kid that asks their dad whether if if their friend can stay the night like right in front of the friends. Oh so, yeah. Um, okay. But so the first restaurant um, is Beenders. That's here in Elkins. Um, they're taking orders um, till seven uh, p.m. It looks like. Um, so you can order you can order their food online, um, or you can purchase gift cards online as well at beenderswv.com. We'll put the website in the um, show notes. Um, they also have a food truck. That's going to be on the Beverly Five Lane. So if you're in the area, you know where the Beverly Five Lane is. If you're in the Elkins, Randolph yeah. County area, um, and that, that's going to be open until 6 p.m. Um, there's also the restaurant 1863 Appalachian Bistro. Okay. Oh, now you and I have eaten there together. Yes, we have, and it's great food. Um, yep. Be- Beaners is great food. 1863, great food. Um, Can you tell me what Beaners does? I mean, I'm going to eat it. Because you're recommending it, and I like all food, but just like wet my whistle here, man. Tell me what they might have. So, dude, they have um, some great burgers. Um, they're they're, oh, okay. they're so, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a bar and restaurant. They have, um, yeah. but but the the burgers are great. They have um yeah. they have some great um oh man what was it they have a is it I think it's the one the shrimp salad maybe that I had there no 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 Sir, the steak salad the steak salad there was good. Um, my mouth is watering, but yeah, they have great, great food there. Um, so, but their burgers are, are awesome. So, yeah. but, um, 1863 is updating their online, online, uh, their online menu. They're also going to have a food truck in their parking lot starting Tuesday from 6 a.m. Uh, for breakfast to 3 um, p.m. for lunch. Uh, they have takeout and delivery for dinner that goes until nine. Um, so again, online purchasing, Get gift certificates. Do what you gotta do. Support those businesses because they have servers that need um, that need financial help. Um, 
1863 has a, a lady that works there um, who is an awesome lady. Uh, she's an elderly lady, but her husband just, um, there's some stuff that went on. Basically, financially, she's going to be struggling because of this whole issue um, with the virus. And so they've been raising money for her as well. Um, and I might actually put their fundraiser in the show notes too because this lady, an awesome lady, elderly lady, um, working there for a long time and uh, probably like one of the funniest sweetest ladies you'll meet um and so we should be supporting people like that so anyway do you have you have businesses you want to you want to plug on here well uh, a couple uh pop into my mind uh because i i love them so much and i saw them advertising you know that they were doing care they've had to get creative all right yeah all right hear me out on this one hear me out because i know you don't think it's locally owned okay but it's locally owned I'm with you. Chick-fil-A. Okay. It's by people who live in Clarksburg. You know, I understand it's like a franchise type thing, but if you could find your way over to the Meadowbrook Mall Chick-fil-A, I think they're still doing like takeout and carry out, and I think they run it out to your car, you know? Okay. Uh, but a little bit self-serving here, you know, I've got people, I've got people close to me who work there, you know? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a hit. It's a hit when, you know, Mall, mall traffic is slowing down and everything's slowing down and you know this is some serious stuff and i don't want to see those people lose their jobs also also oh my gosh in morgantown somehow the black bear one of the greatest local truly local restaurant is staying open and they have a little parking building next, and i saw pictures of the guy from the black bear running food out to the cars, to the people in the parking buildings. They don't have to leave the parking building. I think you could just call up and be like, yo, Black Bear, I'm here. And they'll bring your food out to you. I mean, come on, you know, yeah. little credit card transaction over the phone. And, uh, you know, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. Have you ever eaten at the Black Bear? I have. I have. Oh, isn't it wonderful? It's great food. So I, I don't know what they're going to do about the beer situation, but you go there and you get a, a what they call a stroller. Listen, uh, you don't have to know the terminology. Stroller is like a really great burrito. Give it a chance. So if they're staying open, go for it. You know. And then listen, I just want to talk about this place because I love it so much. It's called Taqueria Lulu, and it is moving. From, do you know Taqueria Lulu? I do not. It is, oh, it's in Northview. Okay, okay, but they're moving to Nutter Fort. They have to expand because they're getting so busy. And I mean, this listen, I live in Phoenix. Uh, I live in Texas. I live in New Mexico. This is just like being in the Southwest. Okay, Dang, this, is like, this is like being this is like being in Phoenix, eating at a taqueria in Phoenix. And Bobby, they have just every kind of taco that you could want. I'm talking carnitas. They have chorizo, you know, pollo. And, oh, say it for me in Spanish. What do you call beef tongue? Lengua? Lengua. They have that. Oh, dang. Lengua. They have that. And they have to move to Nutter Fort. And they're right across the street from – they will be right across the street from Nutter Fort Elementary. If they're not there yet, find them in Northview. But I'm telling you, you listen to me, Harrison County, and you listen good. If you do not support Taqueria Lulu and you let this place close, I will never, ever forgive you. I will move to Barber County. Well, ooh, dang! There you go, shooting, shooting from the hip right there. I like it. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's um, yeah, Taqueria Lulu. No, I have not heard. I'm of not it. one of those guys that threatens to move and doesn't. Like all those people who say, "Well, I'm moving to Canada," and then they never do. Okay, I threaten to move to Barber County. Guess what? I'm already there. 
<laughs> well, the sad thing is you wouldn't be able to move to Canada anyway. So at least not at this time. So. I had to give some tough love to Harrison County because they really kind of have a history of letting great restaurants close. Yeah, I've heard. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. And yet there's some bland place right next door where the chicken is unseasoned and it stays open somehow. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. You heard it here, folks, right here. And uh, yeah. the, the Frankincense podcast. We don't, we don't, no nonsense. Frank and sense. That's what we do here. We are yeah. frank and we are sensible. And we're going to tell you right now you eat it, you eat at these places because that's what's good. And I'll, I'm going to shoot one more place out El Gran Sabor. That's another place in um, El Gran. Yes, El Gran Sabor. Okay. I've eaten there so many times. That's in your neck of the woods, but I actually drive all the way to your town. Just to eat at El Gran Sabor. Yeah, that's a and that is a good place to eat, and they are offering takeout and things like that. So, so again, these are locations um, that that these small businesses. It may seem like nothing, like oh whatever. No, this is big because you have local yeah. people working there. You have these local people who are trying to make these places work. You're trying to build build the economy in your in your community, and. They aren't franchised out. I mean, they aren't. They aren't places that have a big corporation that's giving funding to them. These are places that are locally owned by individuals who are trying to put food on the table for their families too. So again, how do we love our neighbor? Support them as much as we can by yes. doing these things. I'm not saying Grand Sabor. They're doing takeout, and what is more easy for takeout than an empanada? Mm. We're talking about Venezuelan food, and you get an empanada over there. I mean. Easy, easy. You can pick it up, eat it in the car. It's good. Their kajapas are great too, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. But anyway, so so much great food, so many great things that we can do. And there's other places. There's you know there's S and T Bs in our town. There's there's you know B places. There there are um, local like sewing shops. There's all these places that are going to start shutting down because of this, right? And I know that I know that like we got to realize that like, right now restaurants and bars are really the only thing. But sooner or later, these things are going to start shutting down because they don't have other people coming through in traffic. Right. This is this is the this is the trickle down effect in a sense. Is once yeah. these places start shutting down, these other businesses shut down because there's nobody else coming around to buy from them. Because when you go to a local coffee shop, you get coffee. You kind of stroll through the community. You go into these other local vendors. You buy stuff. Once that shuts down, these other places are going to start losing customers, and that's what's going to end up happening. So yeah. find ways to support your local businesses because again. That's a great way to show that you love your neighbor because they are the people who live right next to you that are being affected by this. And so, um, again, I'm not, I'm not going to harp on that too much more. And I'm not going to, I think that we're pretty much wrapping up this conversation unless you have more to say. But I think that we have to really be finding ways to love each other during this time. We're in this all together, six feet apart, but we're still in this together. Um, and we have to be loving each other through this. And so, we find our ways. Share share your supplies. Care for the elderly. Immunocompromised. If you know any, help them. Care for them. Um, yeah. You know, you might say, "Well, I don't have symptoms. I'm not going to get sick." Well, just because you don't have symptoms doesn't mean that you're not carrying it. So you walk into a place, you can tr you could still transfer it over. Just be wise about it. Stay inside if you can. And if you're going to help somebody, help them from a distance. Right. Do what you can. Yeah. Be safe, be smart, be wise, but also honor God by doing what we can to love our neighbor. Bobby, it's always good to talk to you. Um, I always get something out of it. And, uh, you know, I feel like I'm stealing counseling here. You know, it's like a, 
for weekly. You know, I, I've, I've heard where you can uh, be uh, hooked up with like a, a licensed online counselor. So, and sometimes I feel like this podcast, I'm just using you for that because I always feel better after we talk, you know, it was bringing around to a good point. So I want to ask you what's going on with your church. How have you guys been handling uh uh, church church meetings yeah so um again we are a small church and so instantly once we heard about um the issue uh we said we were going to go ahead and go straight to online service so we did our um facebook live service that way um okay. now uh at that time there wasn't the there's was like the group of you know 100 or less or whatever and a hundred or more um, don't meet but for us we're, we're a small church still so we have like on average 40 people um yeah. ish maybe 45 um and so but for me though um we have a couple people in our church who are um, immunocompromised um we have a lot of grandparents who are raising grandkids um oh, yeah. and so we have and in our community, we have a lot of elderly. I mean, we're a high, high elderly population. Yeah, so, I didn't even think about grandparents raising grandkids because yeah. you know, while schools are open, man, kids are kids go to school. Of course, they share every kind of every kind of bug going around. Exactly. So, so for me, for my conscience was um, the way I felt the spirit leading me to go was to just close down our our facility or our meeting place and just go online because we also meet in a, in a community center that is used by a bunch of other activities. Um, and yeah. so we can't control what's brought in in that regard. Um, and we're also meeting in a small classroom. So everybody would be tight together anyway. So, yeah. um, so we wouldn't be able to really do social distancing very well. Um, and so we just said, you know what, it's just going to be wise for us to say, let's go online. Um, so that's what we've been doing. And, if you, if you, you know, and I, I kind of like the way the, the local Catholic church has always done a Facebook live stream. And I assume that is to help people who can't make it into mass, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, sometimes I, you know, I follow that church, it's all saints Catholic church and I follow that church. And sometimes I'm like scrolling down and I see that they're, they're live and I will sit there and I will watch mass. Yeah. Well, we just live it's a great way to reach people yeah, for church we've been doing facebook live since we started um pretty much or, yeah. or almost since we started i think that we've we've we didn't do it for a little bit but we 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 got in there pretty quickly started doing facebook live um and so it wasn't something that we didn't know like we we weren't already doing it just yeah. um but now we're just primarily doing that and so we're going to be doing that and if you um we're also going to be using a site hopefully we'll be working this sunday um where anybody can go, whether you have Facebook or not, or you are a part of our group or not, you can go to um, newcommunityelkins.live, and you can actually watch um, our worship and um, and message um, oh, on on that yeah. page. So you know, it's it's one of those things where you got to adapt. You got to be willing to. Um, you know, I saw a lot of churches that were bigger than us meeting, and that was cool. I, I no judgment. You know, like hey, that's 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 good for them. Um, for me, we don't, we obviously don't have the budget to where if we set up and nobody shows up, <laughs> then we can't afford to pay that rent on that day. You know what I mean? Um, if oh, we, that's if a we, real situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of small churches that are dealing with it too. And so, um, we, we had to make that wise, that wise choice. And so that's yeah. what we, that's what we did. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at. But 
Okay, well, it's good to hear it, man. And uh, it's always good to talk to you, Bobby. Yeah, hey, man, it was great talking to you. And I'm glad that um, that we're able to do it. I'm glad this technology exists to make this happen. And um, again, I'm glad the technology exists for people to be able to have church online, for us, for us to be able to share some encouraging words during this time. And, you know, we may have to social distance ourselves but we doesn't mean that we have to lose community uh, um so, right. so keep so right. keep holding on to that i love that um so with that hey um thanks for listening to the frank says podcast if you are liking what you're hearing please rate us on itunes leave a comment uh share with us some of your thoughts that um you're having or maybe things that we've said that have been encouraging we'd love to hear those things um yeah. you know please feel free to do that share this with your friends because the more people who hear it uh the better um because we just like we like talking to each other, but we also like having people who listen. So, um, so we appreciate you guys for for being a part of this with us. And so, with that, I'm Bobby, and I am still Jared. Yes, you are, and we are glad that you listened to it here at Frankincense Podcast. We will talk to you guys later. Bye.